Stampede. Garner isn't number 27. If you think artificial intelligence is going to save you, well, no, the future isn't going to be bright without a natural world. 
you think the ones and zeros you rely on will bring you a meaningful life, but don't count on it. Your life might be empty. All the signs are there. We're heading into a dark black night, something you won't be able to escape from. You think the profit motive, the promise of the consumerist world will bring you what you need, but it won't. It'll lead to degrade, to demean, to deceive the meaning of your life. You think that the dangers that await you are from the outside, but the truth is you've been fooled. The dangers are what you've become. You're dangerous to yourself and everything around you. You've been manipulated into a tool for the consumerist world, and you've been compromised by turning your back on something that's existed for millions of years, something you're a part of, and you've done it for a pocket full of change, a false hope that it will bring you what you need. But it's bringing emptiness, betrayal, violence, greed, and corruption. I'm a natural man, and I see the disease you're living. I believe in creativity, and I believe in our not-too-distant past, before consumerism brought us the life we have today. There were artists that believed in the natural world with all of its challenges. An artist like N.C. Wyeth, a famous American painter and illustrator. Wyeth lived before there ever was television and computers in a time of reflection. He was born in 1882, and in 1903, he received his first commission as an illustrator for the cover of the Saturday Evening Post. His images relied upon his working experiences as a cowboy out west, herding cattle and working on ranches, gaining knowledge of Native American culture. About his life out west, he once wrote to his family back in Massachusetts, it seems to whisper, come back, you belong here. This is your real home. I never knew that the place I grew is the grandest place on earth till I roamed around from town to town but now I know what it's worth Listen while I tell you about the place I need It's my little old home down in New Orleans In the sunny south where the black oil flows That's where I long to be Dixieland, where the white cotton grows, is calling now to me. 
And soon I'll be in the land of my dreams It's my little old home down in New Orleans Before it was all over, before his tragic and untimely death, Wyeth had produced some beautiful images. Images of over 3,000 paintings and illustrations in over 112 books. He was connected to something beautiful with a meaningful life of creativity. He was his own man in touch with something that can't be found with people today. He wasn't infected with political correctness, with the numbing propaganda that everything is all right. He saw the challenges and adventures that life presented. He was genuinely strong. And this brings to mind one of his great images. I think it was published as an illustration titled The Giant. In this image, he has children on a beach facing the sea, and out above the clouds, there's a giant walking. Technically and aesthetically, it's a beautiful image. But more importantly, it isn't just a pretty picture, something to decorate a wall with. It says something about how we're connected, something that's overwhelming, the force of nature, the thing we're all connected to. Before the discovery of DNA, before we ever sent humans off our planet, before the use of mass media controlling how we think, Wyeth saw our true connections no parades for consuming, no Black Fridays to assure an economy. 
To him, it was something we should always see and feel, something of our heritage, something we should never ignore, something we should respect, something you can't live without. That's what Wyeth was saying. Profits from the consumerist world are degrading the natural world and will not stand. A sperm whale dead on a Scottish beach with 200 pounds of plastic and trash in its stomach should make you think about living with a consumerist society because that's what killed that whale. And that may be what ends up killing us, a consumerist economy. I'm a realist. I try to understand what's happening to me and around me. Sure, in my Garner Isn't show, I have a sex robot as a character living in the future. And some might say that's not very realistic. But I believe there's plenty of evidence to suggest that. In the future, I think men will be having sex with a machine. And yes, my character is campaigning to be the first artificial intelligence as the commander-in-chief for the American people. And I believe there's plenty of evidence that that will be a reality in the future. Come to the joint 
a forty-four in each hand. She said, stand aside all you women and men, cause I'm looking for my man. The Or that there won't be Democrats or Republicans, just consumerists and environmentalists. And I believe I'm not far wrong in saying that. And it's saying something about our future. And this brings me back to one of America's greatest artists, N.C. Wyeth. He painted images realistically, images of adventures, always in the natural world. He understood the challenges that existed in that world, and yet something happened to him that was irrational and violent to himself and his grandson. In September of 1945, N.C. Wyeth's Ford station wagon was stopped on a railroad track and was crushed by an oncoming train, killing himself and his grandson. And I might say, by coincidence, my grandfather was killed by a train, leaving my grandmother destitute with two small children. And what I'm about to tell you may not be supported by real facts, but I'm sure of this. That event wasn't caused by a mechanical failure of the vehicle he was driving. There have been several theories about this tragedy. An unthinkable event. A great man and his grandson killed by a train. What I'm about to say comes from looking at Wyeth's art. A man deeply concerned with projecting a mental view a way of placing the viewer in the picture with a moment and action of anticipation. Now I have two different points of view about why Wyeth and his grandson were killed in 1945, one by accident and one by love. In either explanation, love was at the root for why his grandson was killed. A theory is that it revolves around a rumored account that his grandson came from an incestual relationship and it resulted in Wyeth, out of guilt, committed infanticide. Whether Wyeth had crossed the societal taboo or not, looking at nearly 40 years of creativity would suggest he harbored a potential that he could kill his grandson. There's lots of evidence to suggest he wouldn't have done this, even if the young child had resulted from an incestual relationship. No, that would have meant Wyeth believed in some moral compass that superseded his belief in the natural world. No, I think he deeply loved his grandson and would have slayed a dragon to have saved him from harm. I'll give you 
my first theory, and it may have meaning to millions of people living today, nearly 75 years after Wyeth and his grandson were killed, two months before the Ford station wagon was crushed, a world-shattering event took place halfway across the globe, an event unimaginable, an event barely believable. And that event still lives with us, and it may never be erased from our consciousness, and is a window to the age we're living in. The United States ended the war with Japan by detonating two nuclear bombs, one on Hiroshima, the other on Nagasaki. And I won't discuss why or how that was done, but it's changed our lives forever. I don't presume to understand infanticide, let alone what N.C. Wyeth was thinking before the train killed him and his young grandson. 
I do believe this. The world of adventure Wyeth painted had pistols, bows and arrows, swords, spears, and long rifles of bravery, courage, and risk. He belonged to that, a world that had been nearly dissolved by 1945. It was said he even disliked automobiles. He was a natural man. There's no rational reason for someone to commit infanticide. It is, on its own, one of the most detestable of human behaviors. It violates our future. It destroys innocence. So what I'm going to say should not be misinterpreted. If he killed his grandson intentionally, there is no justification for that. Only an explanation for what he believed he was doing. And this is my point. N.C. Wyeth may have loved his grandson so much he couldn't permit him to live a life with the existence of something as destructive as a nuclear weapon. Two months before the train killed his grandson, America ended the war with Japan. America was victorious, a time of celebration, but it erased everything Wyeth believed in. He saw our future, and if nothing else, he was a passionate man who lived by principles founded in the past. Looking forward with this new technology ended all of that. What he painted was sacred. What happened two months before meant his grandson's future would always be affected by what had been revealed. With all the dangers of the natural world, to fight for something beautiful, to live with dignity, was extinguished. He couldn't stop that from happening. He loved his grandson so much he couldn't permit him to live in that future world, and that's why he killed his grandson. A misplaced love. My other theory for why Wyeth and his grandson were killed by a train is that it was an accident, a misjudgment, an attempt at reenacting an exciting event to demonstrate to his grandson the risk of being alive, to see the oncoming train and to race ahead before the collision, to teach his grandson the excitement about being alive. But for some reason, the timing was wrong. He put the car in a wrong gear. He misplaced his foot on the brake. His grandson had distracted him. Whatever. An accident occurred, and it was a misplaced love to show his grandson something he thought was important. Either way, we're all living on borrowed time.
This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard the music of Hannah Williams and the affirmations, 50-foot woman. Then a 1928 recording of Jimmy Rogers' My Little Old House Down in New Orleans. And then another recording with Rogers and Louis Armstrong on trumpet, Blue Yodel Number 9 a 1930 recording, and finally, Maurice Ravel's 1899 composition, Pavan for a Dead Princess. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.